Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Leaping Through the Cosmos, Cosmonaut Bootcamp 54, featuring Leap Wallet. Hosted by Tendermint Timmy with Spark IBC. Let's take a listen. Hello, coming in loud and clear. And then I think we have one more waiting on, right? Yes, I think Barun should be joining in a second. Oh, I think there he is. Cool. All right. Um, this has been a long time coming. It's kind of funny. Uh, we've, we've been like trying to organize a space for, <laughs> I think if you go to the very beginning when we were chatting in that group chat with uh, Kevin Garrison about doing one. It's been, been like many months at this point, but finally here we are and really excited for it. Likewise. And yeah, this is a long time coming. Every time I try to like search for you on Telegram, I find that we have, I think, three three groups on telegram we have like maybe three group dms on twitter so like i feel like a bunch of people have tried to connect us and yeah happy to finally be here and happy to be doing this thanks for having us yeah no problem hopefully um hopefully we'll have a couple more people trickle in as the night goes on we usually do this two hours earlier so i'm sure a couple east coast people might be already offline for the night but um, yeah, while well, we give people a chance to trickle in a little bit more, maybe we can just start with sort of intros. Um, we could do a brief little background on uh, each of you personally, um, Baron, and who do we have on the Leap account? Yeah, this is Sanjeev. Uh, I, I could maybe go first with a quick intro. Cool. Yeah, go for it. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I'm Sanjeev, uh, founder and CEO here at Leap Wallet. Uh, in terms of my background, I've been involved in the crypto space personally for the last four or five years. As like a retail investor, like a lot of us, started my crypto journey by buying the top, selling the bottom, uh, forgetting about the space for a couple of years, and then only like, you know, very actively getting back, I guess, in the 2020, 2021 period. Uh, and we actually actively started building towards the end of 2021, when we first got a grant from Terra and from TFL to sort of build a wallet for Terra. And that's sort of what launched our product journey. Obviously, things have changed since then, uh, but still building wallets, still building in crypto. And yeah, prior to this, spent a bunch of uh, a bunch of time in like, you know, uh, traditional web, web two roles. I started my career as a consultant in McKinsey back in the day and then spent a bunch of years after that working in different startups across operations roles, marketing roles, did a bunch of product work. And yeah, so been trying to bring some of my learnings from that space in terms of UX, how we build great products for consumers just sort of trying to bring that experience and that learning into crypto. And yeah, that's a bit about, I guess, my story. Awesome. Perfectly concise. And um, yeah, pretty, pretty common background to have gotten in at the top somewhere, gotten wrecked, given up a little and come back. I've heard that many a time. Awesome. Yeah. What about yourself, Baron? Or how, how should I pronounce that? Baron? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Baron, cool. Yeah. 
take it away. Awesome. Uh, hey folks, uh, I am Barun and I head uh, product for Leap. I'm currently based out of uh, India. So I've been also uh, quite similar to uh, Sanjeev. I've been uh, dabbling around Web2, uh, Web3 for the past few years. Uh, prior to that, uh, I was in the product space. So I've, I've worked with multiple startups. I've been in the, been in the product space for seven years. Uh, and it's pretty much been on Web2 journey until uh, I chatted with Sanjeev, uh, saw this interesting role, wanted to uh, dive deep into the Web3 ecosystem and joined Leap from the very beginning when we started building for Terra. And yeah, it's probably been the most exciting 14, 15 months for me in my entire product journey as well. Uh, and uh, it also, when we moved to Cosmos, probably one of the uh, best ecosystems that I have worked with. And it's it's been probably one of the most exciting journeys. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to explore a little bit um, of kind of your history when it comes to like starting on Terra and then sort of having to take a pause on stuff while while the transition was sort of forced upon you. But uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, let's let's maybe start there. We should start talking about Leap Wallet itself. So maybe let's start about your start with your origins. So starting off, you were you were aiming to be a Luna focused wallet, right? At, at that point in time, were you planning to planning to expand to the rest of the cosmos at all? Or was the vision kind of focused on Luna at the time? Yeah, I could. I could take that. Um, great question. And <clears throat> I think when we started, um, honestly, to me, the, the idea was more um, to build, like, you know, like our vision was that of, like, you know, building a super wallet. And talk talk about that in a second. But essentially, the whole idea was that we felt that wallet UX was broken across the board, right? I mean, you had wallets like MetaMask, legacy wallets, which were there. And clearly, when you compared them to the best-in-class Web2 products, Web2 fintech products that all of us use, there was a huge difference in like UX. There was a huge difference in the fact that a lot of wallets don't really solve for mobile very well. Um, there's a lot of crypto complexity that wallets don't kind of abstract. And so in general, we saw like a huge opportunity because we understood like, you know, wallets are this extremely important touch point between the user and the blockchain. And if, as everyone likes to talk about it, like, you know, the next billion users are to sort of come to crypto, come to, uh, are going to start using Web3 applications, then we need like much better quality of wallets in the space. And we could see that by that point, um, Phantom was doing some interesting work on Solana. There's Rainbow doing some interesting work on EVMs. But by and large, the, the quality of the other wallets was pretty like substandard. And so we thought there was like a wide opportunity to go across ecosystems. But we also wanted to be clear that we wanted to target an ecosystem where we also tactically had the best chance to initially sort of go to market and succeed. And in that regard, Terra back in, uh, I'm sure for people who are following the space, Terra back in like, you know, November, uh, October, November 2021 was at its peak, right? There was so much hype around the space, so much hype around Anchor, uh, USD. And so uh, at that point in time, we sort of got in touch with TFL. They also wanted other wallets beyond station to come and start building. And so uh, at that point, at least our idea was for the next little while, let's just like, you know, have a narrow focus on Terra and sort of build out the product market fit here. So our whole idea around like Super Wallet is essentially the fact that we wanted to be like a one-stop gateway for any sort of on-chain activity that users need to do. And so that meant basic actions like being able to send, being able to stake, being able to see your activity. But our, our aim also was and still is that even more complicated actions like, you know, being able to manage your portfolio, being able to access DeFi opportunities, being able to access NFTs. We wanted all of this to sort of happen from within 
the wallet context, both on uh, browser extension, but also on like mobile devices. And so with that sort of vision in mind, we quickly sort of, we quickly built out an MVP. Uh, and we found that there was like a small set of users who immediately sort of latched onto our vision. Uh, we used to sort of iterate with them, kept, kept shipping incremental features every week. And yeah, that sort of like was what took off. And very quickly, we found that we were actually like growing pretty quickly on Terra. Um, got to a point where we had about 50,000 users who were using our wallet extension. There's also like a lot of hype around our mobile wallet. So it was actually in the works for a long time and had about 200,000 people who had signed up for that. Uh, and then obviously that's when the Terra DPEG happened. And then of course that meant that we had to sort of move away from there, had to consider other ecosystems. But long story short, to answer your question, I think we always knew that we would go to other ecosystems. But at that point, at least, um, and maybe if like, you know, things had not gone down with Terra, we would still at least for the short term have continued focusing there and then eventually sort of move to other ecosystems. Cool. Uh, I'm curious, like from the actual tech and infrastructure side, um, I mean, Terra, what's now Lunk Classic, as well as the new Terra, um, they are Cosmos SDK chains. So I'm just kind of personally curious, like when the collapse and your sort of forced migration to a, a broader multi-chain wallet happened, how, I don't know if hard is the right word, like how much work and how difficult is that? Like what you were building for Terra, I would assume 90 something percent of it would translate to other Cosmos chains or not necessarily. Um, great question again. So I'd say yes and no. And this was also like an interesting sort of journey that we've been on where initially when we sort of uh, wanted to build for Cosmos, at that point of time, we imagined a world where if we were going to support Terra 2.0, which we do today, that there would be a different set of products for Terra, a different set of products for Cosmos. That's kind of how we began. And eventually sort of we've converged to this view that maybe that doesn't make sense. And now we're at a point where we've actually also added Terra support in the Cosmos product and we might phase out uh, the Terra product or again, there's no need to phase it out, but we'll probably not do active development on it. But at that point, at least the consideration for us was that there were a few like key differences between what we imagined as a Cosmos wallet versus a Terra wallet. Namely, I think um, just name a couple, right? Just in terms of how we actually interface with the blockchain, although they are fundamentally built on the Cosmos SDK, uh, the JavaScript wrapper that you have to integrate, to interact with the, the with Terra blockchain was, was a different library. For Cosmos, you had like a different library, right? Which meant like fundamentally, uh, some part of our code would anyway have to get modified. B, there were some UX uh, considerations that were unique to Terra. For example, in Terra, you could pay fees uh, through any of the stable coins, right? Not just UST, but any of the other derivative stable coins as well. And so our UX, for example, on all transactions was sort of designed to support that. But we knew that Cosmos, that's not how it would work. Then there are things like chain management, where we realized that uh, in Cosmos, of course, we're going to be, we knew that we we're going to support a lot of chains. And so how do you switch between chains? All of that was, again, not at all relevant in, in Terra's context. And then there's a lot of other differences. Like we, we knew very early on that governance is extremely important to Cosmos. And that's why very early on in our journey, we actually integrated the governance suite into uh, into a product, but again, in Terra, it wasn't it wasn't that important. A lot of our UX in the Terra product was also built around like Anchor, around like depositing in Stater. So at that point, we just felt like it would just it would just like you know sort of artificially constrain us to work around that, and so we just wanted like a 
clean, clean start. But now having built out a Cosmos experience, now it's actually much easier for us to at least uh, roll in the new version of Terra. Right? Terra Classic would still be difficult in this product, but Terra 2.0 is definitely possible. And that's sort of what we've done. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, because like, it's funny, the more I've learned about Cosmos, uh, it, it almost feels like I go through periods of feeling like I understand stuff and then periods where I'm clueless when it comes to, you know, at first thinking that all, all Cosmos blockchains are effectively the same, then understanding there, you know, are quite a few nuanced differences, then talking to certain people being like, oh, but the differences aren't that important. Build something for one, it kind of works for all of them. And then hearing the opposite again. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of development. I feel like things are so nuanced and details like matter. So a, a slight difference can be a huge obstacle for one team where it might not be for another type of project. Um, cool. So, okay. So in its current form, um, well, yeah, let's actually, I, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to cover on the history of Leap Wallet, but I am kind of excited to dig into like the current present version and then uh, maybe look ahead to the future a little bit. But um, yeah, is there anything else you kind of wanted to cover as far as history, like getting to this point? Well, I think that would be it. Cool. So, okay, yeah. So let's just start off with like the kind of golden question. So like what sets you apart from other wallets um, in, in, in each of your opinions? I'd love it if you could both answer because um, I think different people value different things in wallets. And even amongst a team, you might see different features that are, you know, uh, in your opinion, the, the strongest suit. Sure, uh, I can go first. So uh, basically, uh, as uh, Sanjeev mentioned, uh, June, July is when uh, we decided that uh, we'd uh, actively start uh, moving to Cosmos and building for Cosmos. The first thing, obviously, that we looked out for is uh, uh, existing uh, features on Kepler and how people, like pretty much we could assume that uh, the entire uh, user base was using Kepler, uh, most likely one of the major wallets <clears throat> that was out there when we started. Uh, and there were three things that we realized really quickly. So the first thing was native support of chains. So again, at that point of time, we did not have a clear understanding, but we shortly uh, realized there was something missing here. There was close to probably 30 to 14 native chains that were already live on Cosmos, but uh, there were like seven to eight chains which were natively integrated into Kepler back then. And this is something that we realized that uh, would we'd love to fix that. Right? Uh, we'd love for all the chains to be actively natively supported inside the wallet. That was one. The second one was uh, overall experience within the extension. So. Uh, again, coming from our super wallet thesis, we always have uh, wanted to have all the transaction types that are uh, the major majority ones to be from to be done from inside the extension or the mobile app itself. So we realized that governance, staking, send, IBC probably are the core uh, features that uh, uh, are relevant to Cosmos, but still the governance probably, uh, for example, was not supported from uh, within Kepler. And finally, the mobile experience. So we've always believed that uh, the entire user base would slowly be uh, moving towards mobile because it, it, it is obviously way easier to use. Uh, uh, if you have a good mobile version, if you have a good DAB browser, you do not need to have an extension or go to desktop. Right? So mobile is something that, for example, Rainbow that Sanjeev mentioned starting uh, in the beginning, uh, slowly wallets are launching mobile first. right? 
So uh, mobile experience overall in Cosmos was something that uh, we felt lacked and especially on the wallet side of things. Uh, so these probably were the three key factors that pushed us to start building for uh, Cosmos more aggressively. And uh, I would say these are the three major differentiators that as we uh, talk stands today as well. So we natively have integrated over 45 chains right now. So uh, the one key goal that we have here is we want to support chains while they're starting to develop, right? So while they're in DevNets, while they're in testnets, and eventually when they plan to launch on mainnets. So we've built uh, stuff like uh, service chain and add custom chain for people to easily add DevNets and start testing out their chains. But at the same time, we also realize that this is something that is also missing from the mobile experience right now. So if you wanted to test something on mobile, you can't do a service chain on mobile, for example. And this is something that we're launching this week, by the way. So uh, we're starting to support pretty much all the chains from the moment they start thinking of developing on Cosmos. <clears throat> and this is where we've supported 45 chains. We've supported test nets natively as well, like uh, say Atlantic 2, Atlantic 1. We've supported uh, all the newer chains that are launching right now. And if we have missed anything, you can feel free to also reach out to us and we'd love for you of us to support uh, your chain natively as well. So that is one of the key things that we've done and we will continue doing and uh, at the second point i mentioned we have support core features for all of the chains right? so governance staking uh, send ibc all the things that you want to do across a chain we support it from the extension and the mobile wallet as well and finally the third thing the mobile experience which i personally feel is the most differentiating uh, factor for our wallet so uh, two of the key features that stand out for us one was push notifications. So when we started building, there was no nothing around push notifications on any of the wallets. And we felt like push notifications coming from a web to background, especially push notifications is like key to any product that you build on mobile. So this is where we support push notifications for pretty much 40 of the 45 chains right now. And the other five are in pipeline. And uh, we support push notifications across across all the key transactions at the moment. So if you're doing a send, if you're receiving some funds, if you are staking, unstaking, uh, redelegating, or you are voting on a governance proposal, you get a notification on your Leap mobile app. At the same time, we're also pushing the boundaries and adding more and more use cases here. So for example, right now, what we're tinkering around with is sending a notification when a new governance proposal for a chain that you want to see governance proposals for uh, is announced. Uh, a notification when there's like 24 hours to go for voting to be closed and finally a notification when the actual governance proposal passes uh, uh, with the result. So these are interesting things that we're tinkering around with on the notification side and we'll continue building interest, more and more interesting use cases. We have been chatting with a lot of chains that want to uh, natively support some interesting push notifications like Stargate, NFTs, for example, <clears throat> or it could be Mars DeFi stuff. So some, a lot of interesting things in the pipeline there. Second thing that uh, really stands out on the wallet is the permissionless DAP browser. Again, this is something that we've got a lot of love for from uh, the user base as well. So uh, <clears throat> this is a DAP browser, we call it Leap Browser, wherein you can permissionlessly access any DAP that you want on Cosmos. So uh, there's no limitation on the DAP that we list. Uh, you can go and search for any URL that you want. Uh, and you can you do not have to get out of leap wallet to access any of it right? so you can just connect your wallet from within leap wallet you can do your transaction from within leap wallet uh, on any of these dApps 
obviously there are just one or two uh, edge cases uh, out there that we're still coordinating and uh, figuring out with dApps, but pretty much 90% of the dApps on Cosmos are right now supported inside Leap Browser uh, already, right? And uh, we wanted this to be permissionless. Uh, we don't, did not want to gate any of the dApps and like start supporting five or six dApps. We wanted to do it for all the dApps that are there on Cosmos. And we wanted for users to not have to leave their mobile app experience, right? So the, these, these are probably the core three set of uh, features, I would say, that we started uh, uh, on, uh, the vision started with uh, us wanting to solve these three. And we, as it stands today, have definitely uh, walked around this. Uh, but yeah, I think I would say these are the core differentiators right now that I feel uh, is uh, that we have from the other wallets in the ecosystem. Awesome. I, I'm curious real quick. Um, do you guys, I, I haven't even thought to check before because I've kind of just given up at this point. Um, do you guys happen to support like, or actually in general, like I would just say uh, as like a user, a request of mine, and I think something that might be great for like wallets in your position trying to kind of take this multi-chain approach is to um work with and like cover and be compatible with some of the more fringe cosmos chains because like one thing that i know is not the best user experience is like in my mind thorchain and fetch ai are both cosmos projects like in in their they're in my circle of things i like think about invest in trade whatever use um but it's there isn't really a wallet that supports all of them. Like Fetch really needs its own wallet, as far as I understand. It kind of works in Cosmos Station. So like I have that for basic staking. Thorchain, uh, I use XDFi for. Um, and like these things work, but what I really want is just a wallet that can kind of cover all of them. And so I kind of wonder, do your plans include kind of spreading beyond just core Cosmos and being like a general interchain wallet or would that be later like how far down the road might something like that be if it is on the radar at all yeah uh, uh i think i can uh start and sanjeev feel free to add uh, if there's anything missing so first of all uh, we also support do support fetch ai so today uh, again uh, for the most basic uh, use cases that you want uh like uh, all the use cases of around staking or uh, voting on governance proposals or uh, custom uh, activity viewing uh, or send IBC across which these are the key uh, things that we support pretty much across all the chains that we support and that includes Fitche. Uh, Thor chain definitely is something that uh, we've, we're actively working on as well and uh, we'd uh, love to bring that into uh, the Cosmos wallet as well. Uh, if there's like interesting things if uh, that can be done going deeper into the partnerships with FetchA and Thorchain that is something that would all obviously we are in contact with their team and we'd love to explore but at the very bare minimum the core feature sets around governance sticks and IBC is something that we already support for FetchA and we'll be doing that soon for uh, Thorchain as well okay that is awesome I, I didn't even like think to check when I set up my leap because I just I don't know fetch AI of like it's 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 weird, but that's awesome. Okay, cool, yeah. great. And uh, and just to just to interrupt you, uh, also we do support push notifications for fetch AI, so that that's also interesting. Sweet, I love that. Is there any reason? I think you mentioned there's a couple blockchains you don't have push notifications set up for. 
Why would that? Oh, yeah. Be? I oh, feel yeah, like. That's, yeah, that that's because we just launched them uh, this week, so we launch uh, chains uh, every oh, okay. single week, right? So uh, push notifications for them should be out uh, in like a few days. Cool. Gotcha. Um, okay. Did hey, Sanjeev? Did we have a little connection issue? I'm gonna guess. Yeah, facing some issues from the Leap accounts. I've just joined from my personal account. Um, and yeah, just to quickly maybe weigh in on top of what Barun said. Um, in terms of like chain support, honestly, we are extremely open to working with chains. So I'm sure everyone knows that Kepler has this uh, suggest chain sort of beta support capability. Um, through which majority of chains are supported. There's actually very few chains natively supported in Kepler. So that's something that we knew from the beginning is not an ideal experience because a lot of your core wallet capabilities are not unlocked through through that beta model. And then again, you don't get mobile support. Lots of issues with that. And so for that reason, we've very actively sort of always been wanting to reach out to new products and uh, new chains. And as Barun mentioned, with some of them, even while they're in DevNet, even while they're still in testnet, we'll want to like, you know, integrate them so that people can actually start testing. So in that regard, if there are chains, certain chains that you know you have in mind or people listening in have in mind that they think they'd like to see natively supported on Leap, just give us like just shout out, uh, maybe tag them, just connect us. We'd love to like, you know, chat with them and see how we can add support for more chains. Cool. Awesome. I think like just being sort of flexible and responsive to what your actual user base wants is one of the keys to wallets are interesting like i i don't have a ton of experience outside of cosmos in the last year or two i've been pretty confined here um but from what i remember and what i've seen like most wallets are relatively on the side of like kind of a faceless company like they don't do a ton of community managing marketing or engagements probably a better word um like metamask for example they just exist and they just kind of do what they do and i feel like you could send a a million people could send a message to metamask asking them to add a certain feature or chain or something and it would probably just fall on deaf ears so that's really cool to hear you guys are just open to hearing what people want yeah and actually it's interesting that you mentioned that because if there's something that we've learned the last like you know almost 18 months now of building wallets like a lot of people will come up to us and they're like, hey, why don't you add like EVM support? Why don't you go to Solana? And honestly, like we feel that there's two sides of it. One is, of course, the uh, the core like tech engineering side of it, which again, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it has its complexities and going to every chain as we've realized even within Cosmos chains, there's complexity. So that is definitely a, a tough part about building wallets. But we feel equally important is this like, you know, partnership relationship side of things. Because for every chain that we support, for every single chain that we support, we actually go through an extensive round of testing from our side, where we'll, if the chain is in testnet, we'll request them for some testnet tokens, try to go through, like, you know, everything, right, from sending um, tokens to being able to do IBC transfers, governance, taking. So it is a bit of like a process, you build a relationship with the team, you interact with their developers, give them feedback, they give you feedback. And honestly, that also takes up a fair bit of time. Uh, in terms of like our, our internal team and resources. And so for us, when we think about like, you know, new ecosystems, and I, I guess going back to your early question as well, it's sort of like, okay, can we support it from an engineering perspective, but also can we support it from the business side? Can we support it from the BD and, and partnership side as well? Yep, yep. You need like expansion is key, but also staying to like your core user base and making sure that you're delivering what they want you know like i bet not many of your cosmos users are 
the one saying, well, no, I, sh- I shouldn't even say that, but I, I should say the majority probably aren't asking for Solana support as the next big update. Like, we'd rather see improvements here first, and then that can always come later. Um, Blockfent, appreciate you hopping up. Do you have a question for the Leap guys, or how are you doing tonight? Mr. Blockfend, I saw you throwing up those emotes. I know you're here. Don't get shy. <laughs> are we also going to talk about why the non Kryptonium is just everywhere on your feed, <laughs> everyone's feed, I guess. I I swear I, I could see like two Dawn uh, PFPs just, <laughs> just a minute back. I mean, I so personally, there, there probably is some specific story behind it that I'm unaware of, but I just kind of saw that picture a couple times. Saw uh, Lil Gaines make it his profile picture, and it just. Cosmos has a way with trends. Someone did a Stargaze collection today. So if you see those uh, artistic <laughs> renditions of Dawn on my profile and Homestead uh, in the audience here, yeah, that's something that popped up on Stargaze and someone sent me one. <laughs> but wow, uh, that's really getting famous on Cosmos. <laughs> we should probably go get some of those before. There's before 20. The there's only 20. There's 20 of them total. <laughs> like, I don't know who. Yeah, I don't know. It's great, though. The art is phenomenal there. Um, Lockfen, do you want to chime in, though? I saw some more emotes. Maybe we're having connection issues. All right. He'll chime in when he's ready, I'm sure. Um, okay, so cool. So I have kind of a, like a general wallet question. Um, a lot of the features that you guys seem to offer um what am i trying to ask so in my mind there's kind of like two categories of wallets there's like smaller ones that are usually kind of pushing the envelope and like trying new things um almost always with great success like uh, you hardly ever feel hear of like a wallet you know doing something that turns its users away unless it's like a something particularly nefarious um but it's just weird. Why do you think like Kepler and MetaMask? Let's take those two examples. Because, well, I think Kepler is a huge improvement over MetaMask. I still kind of put it in the other category, which are these really big players that are well-established and almost seem scared to innovate. Um, we just spent some time talking about like the benefits you guys have over wallets, some of the things that set you apart from some of the competition. Why, do we, why does it feel like that's a thing? Like uh, a lot of the things that you guys offer, um, some might say like Kepler could have added that by now. Why haven't they? Some of the things that many wallets throughout all of Web3 offer, you know, MetaMask still doesn't after all this time. Um, it's kind of, a, I guess, a philosophical question in a way, but why does it seem like the established wallets are like kind of scared to innovate? And it, it's good in a way because it leaves room for people like you to come in and, and like shake things up. But, oh, hey, if you're, if you're having troubles before, just heard you block fend. Um, but I am curious on the Leap Wallet team's take on this. Like, um, I know I'm asking it a bit sloppily. I'm kind of thinking through it as I ask, but uh, you know, I'm I'm currently like on uh working with the taboo team on on a wallet as well. So I'm kind of in the same headspace as you. And there's just so many ways to improve the user experience, right? And it any thoughts on why like Kepler seems unable to keep up and like why it's I won't say easy. I know you guys have put in a ton of work, but 
um, it's so, I do want to say easy. There's such an opportunity for someone like you to come in and offer all these extra features. Feels like Kepler and, you know, MetaMask on Ethereum are just kind of like dropping the ball and not keeping up with, is it laziness? Do you think there's just like overconfident? Um, like Kepler just doesn't seem feature rich, for example, whereas you guys just added like AI governance proposal breakdowns. That's phenomenal. That is like so cool. I want to talk about that a little bit, but um, in theory, they probably have a bigger team. I'm sure they have a bit more funding. Why, why don't, yeah, very open-ended question. And, and we can move on if you guys don't, if you're as dumbfounded as me and don't have any thoughts. But um, I, I think about this often, why it seems so hard for these bigger players to innovate or do anything interesting. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's actually a great question. I don't know if I any, or any of us have the right answer, but I can definitely yeah. like, you know, maybe share some of my thoughts because we've also uh, certainly thought about this. So I can't, of course, comment specifically about like Kepler or MetaMask um, and what, whatever their reasons might be. But I think from a more general perspective, right, um, there's probably a couple of things at play here. One, I think the most important sort of factor is that some of these wallets that you're referring to uh, are typically, and then I think the ones you're referring to are the ones which actually have the lion's share of the market. So, for example, MetaMask still by and far is like the biggest EVM wallet out there. And so at that point of time, I guess for them, uh, more than just like, you know, taking risks and trying to add new features, I think what they're trying to do is make sure that they are preserving the sort of market share that they have. And part of that is like, you know, trying to be extremely cautious with like new development. Like they don't want the risk of like, you know, a, a new feature, a new improvement actually going wrong. And that impacting like a large set of users. Uh, whereas for smaller wallets, for us, the way we see it is that like, you know, not to say that we don't take, we, we take those things lightly. Obviously, we take those things, security, we take every single aspect um, also very seriously. But we also see a huge upside in trying and experimenting with new things. So for example, like the chat, uh, GPT-based AI governance, um, use case or notifications. Like we think, we are, and all of us are also sort of looking for what are those like, you know, what are those really cool, innovative new features that will actually make us stand out, that will make people want to switch to using a new wallet. And we are sort of constantly thinking about that, spend a lot of time focusing on it. So I think it's a bit about bit of that. The other aspect, which I think is, is at play here, is also more of like, you know, from a business strategic standpoint, what I assume happens is that if you were sort of a wallet, which was like the de facto wallet for the space, there is actually a fair bit of, um, this is like, you have this concept of a switching cost, right? So for a user who's been using your product or even for like a new user entering the ecosystem today, if you look at, like, if I were to, let's say, go and look for content on YouTube, if I would look for like Twitter threads, right? It's very highly likely that if I'm trying to like onboard myself into EVM, most of the content that I'm going to find there is for MetaMask, right? Because there are so many uh, influencers, so many like projects which have spoken about MetaMask and how to work and connect their products with MetaMask. And so it, they sort of have this natural source of acquisition happening, right? And so they are probably not as concerned on a daily basis about how do they grow, uh, how do they innovate, as much as like, you know, upstarts like us, where we are sort of constantly thinking about how do we grow? How do we like, you know, attract new audiences? How do we work with new projects? Uh, at least that's, that's my take. And that's my sense of what's been, uh, what's probably happens. But yeah, curious to hear if you have had any other insights here. 
yeah, I think I think those are some great thoughts. It, it, that's kind of where my head's at. Like, there's there's something about feeling like you're a certain amount uh, established versus not that just kind of affects all of your business decisions, whether it's from a perspective of risk or user retention or whatever. Um, but ultimately, I think it sucks for the end user, uh, but leaves the possibility for players like you to emerge and and take some of that lion's share in time. Um, okay, so I, I would love to talk about this uh, chat GBT AI thing, um, particularly because I am interested in integrating AI into our Interchain Info platform. Um, and we'll definitely probably have to hire someone uh, for this role, like who's, who's specialized in this stuff. But in general, I'm kind of curious about the process behind that, how easy you guys found to set it up, where the idea came from, um, let's maybe just start at the top with that. Like, was this an internal idea or a feature request? Uh, and quickly for anyone who doesn't know what we're t- chatting about, um, Leap Wallet has introduced basically proposal like summaries, I would say, where an AI takes them and distills them down into a very human readable form in a short format uh, and kind of gives the gist of things. Uh, and I don't, does it do anything more than that? at the moment or it's just it's just breaking down for people right this this can be for either yeah uh, i think that is correct so at this moment uh, uh, the chat gpt proposals the idea behind it was uh, to to break it, just start with the basic proposal like some of the proposals are quite long and uh, maybe users would not have uh, time to go through the entire proposal so just give them an overview of what this might be we still yeah, uh, obviously yeah. uh, prescribe users to go through the entire proposal before voting. Uh, and uh, this is something that uh, uh, is uh, an easy gateway for you to understand what the proposal at least outlines. Right? And uh, yeah, this, this, that's the feature. Coming to how we got to it, uh, I would say like, uh, I think uh, this was an internal decision. I think Sanjeev was the one who actually, uh, he has been uh, uh, checking out a lot of uh, stuff that is happening around uh, AI and chat GPT. And, uh, he was the one uh, uh, who mentioned that we should definitely be building something around it and ideally could start off uh, with the proposal bit uh, because that is one of the, uh, I would say, still easier use cases to uh, develop at this point. Uh, so that is how we got started, internal decision, and uh, we built it over a few days and uh, tested it out across pretty much, let's say, uh, 15 proposals across all the chains. And we felt that... Uh, I think one of the key aspects uh, to that working is basically uh, getting your prompts right. right? Uh, so as people are saying, prompt engineering is going to be one of the interesting yeah. uh, things uh, in the future. But uh, yeah, so it was basically just trying out a multi- multiple prompts, uh, seeing like what edge cases could come up. And uh, uh, eventually, yeah, in a few days, uh, this is what we got to. And currently we have it live on our uh, Leap board, uh, web dashboard. and. Uh, if uh, all the things go well, if uh, users like it, we'll also be bringing it to our mobile apps and uh, mobile app and the extension version as well. I think it's it's a phenomenal idea. Like huge applause to you guys. Um, honestly, like expect to get copied. I'm sure Kepler will do this. Um, there's been no internal discussion at Taboo, but I don't see why you wouldn't do something similar. Like I bet you will even see this on, um, well. Yeah, probably I could see it on MetaMask at some point in the future because it seems like such a no-brainer. It's like now that you brought it out into the public, I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, I think that's what's kind of funny about AI. We all recognize that it's immensely powerful, but the real key is going to be like 
actually figuring out where to use that power effectively. Um, so what did that process entail? I'm just kind of curious, like, is, is it just the base chat GPT or did you guys have to do any training on Cosmos stuff? Because I would imagine it might not understand certain proposals that are based on, you know, info that's past the date it's been trained on. Like, how did that process work out? I'm super personally curious, like I said, because we want to work with AI. Yeah, so I can take a stab at that and Varun, feel free to jump in. So to, uh, to me, the way that this has been done today is it's actually like uh, fairly straightforward uh, in the sense that we, I, when we began, when we started exploring this idea, I think if, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, chat GPT API was not like that. So there was only like GPT-3 API that was available at that point. And so like um, one of our developers, he, he did a few experiments and essentially like, you know, the game is all about like, how do you prompt? So we basically did a few experiments with like different prompts. Uh, and again, the idea is there's different kinds of proposals, right? So you would have like some really small proposals, some which are really long, some which have a lot of details, some which don't. So we just tried out a couple of them with that. We're not happy with some of them, not happy with some of the other ones. And I think just around that period was when the chat GPT API came out. And obviously that's like, you know, better uh, than the GPT-3 one. So when that happened, um, we automatically, with the same prompts that we had before, we realized that um, things were actually like you know much better. And honestly, at this point in time, that's just it, right? Like what we're just like you know passing the proposal text with some prompts through the Chat GPT API. So honestly, I think it is it is actually like fairly straightforward for others to build it as well. And I think like you know we'll see uh, a lot of other apps. And again, I'm talking not just within wallets, not even within crypto. A lot of people will just start realizing that there are opportunities to integrate some of these like you know quick AI capabilities, AI-driven ca- capabilities in their products. So this was just for us more of a prototype, just to get a sense of how it's like to work with the APIs, what we can do. And obviously, like you know, now the moment we put it out there, we'll be getting good feedback, we're getting ideas as well. So somebody actually asked us if there was a way where we could use uh, these same set of APIs to give maybe like a spam to do some sort of spam detection, right? Because as we all know, there's a there's this big issue of like spam proposals in Cosmos, and so um, like we put we we rolled out a basic change where essentially we said only once voting once proposals get into voting period do we show them on the products and not before that as we were doing earlier. But this is still not solving the entire problem, right? There are spam proposals that do make their way into the voting period as well, and so this other was a really interesting use case. Uh, we haven't gotten around to it yet, but we've sort of like, you know, put that as maybe a next experiment that we do, where we'll try and see if, if there's some like patterns, which maybe it's not obvious for us, uh, but maybe like, you know, the AI is actually able to pick up and give like a like a score, right? Like a, like a spam score, for example, and we could potentially like show that. So yeah, I think it's very interesting, but just like early days, even for us. Have you perchance... You said you were talking with some external teams about that, right? The anti-spam part. Have you perchance been in touch with Felix or the folks at Cosmos Shield? Not really, actually. I was referring more to like, you know, a few comments that we got on on uh, our Twitter thread when we posted about it. But yeah, if you know somebody else who's thinking about it, would love to chat. I think yeah. that's something that um, we all need to work together on. No, totally. So not just... Um... Not just someone else who's like thinking about it, but uh, let me grab 
Let me make sure I get the handle right before I say it out loud here. Yeah, okay, so um, their handle here on Twitter, actually, I will just pin their thing above. Oh, here, perfect. There's a project that's been live for quite a while in the Cosmos already called Cosmos Shield, where its primary function is uh, if a wallet's, if a user's monomic gets compromised. So let's say you log into your wallet one day and all your liquid funds are gone and you notice all your stuff unbonding. Uh, it's it's a service you can use to try and basically beat the attacker when the bonding period runs out. So like you can recover your funds that aren't already gone. And then so he's it's been super successful in that regard. I think they've saved like millions of dollars uh, through this method, but they're now expanding to this exact type of thing. So uh, I think they've actually already partnered or integrated somewhere, either MintScan or Kepler or something, but to have like a blacklist sort of of spam proposals, as well as an AI that's constantly being trained on like what a spam proposal looks like. Um, I just like to shout them out whenever I get a chance. I'm not affiliated in any way, but like I just love that they're doing that. I think it's great that kind of product exists. Uh, and I would love to see it like more tightly integrated with something like a wallet. So yeah, definitely reach out to like Felix or the Cosmos Shield account. Uh, I pinned some stuff above to easily get there. Thank you. We actually, at least I actually hadn't heard of either of them. So yeah, I'm definitely going to make note and, and we'll probably reach out after the chat. Yeah, it's the one project I go out of my way to shill a little bit because it's hilarious that not many people know about it. You'll see their account has like a couple hundred followers, um, which is just sad to me because it's the type of product where just knowing about it can make the world a difference. Like if, you're, if your account gets compromised, your wallet at any point in the future, the difference between potentially saving all your assets and not is just knowing that it exists. So <laughs> I, I do some shilling for it. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Okay, cool. So, um, back to, back to AI and wallets integrated. Is there, uh, I was going to ask this a little bit earlier before I got sidetracked on this convo. Um, do you guys have any other ideas or uses already in the pipeline for AI when it comes to like web three or, or well, wallet related stuff, but, um, like, I, I can't help but think an assistant type thing is going to become popular on, like, every type of app from the stuff that I'm building, like Interchain Info and Spark, to wallets, to dApps, like one of those classic little help bots that already exists in the corner, uh, but it's actually smart. Like, I think that'd be so perfect for a wallet um, or something similar. But are there any ideas you guys have been playing around with? So there is, there is one, actually. Interesting that you asked that. Uh, it's the- I won't say it's strictly a falls under like the wallet domain, but it just it's just like an interesting uh, idea for us. And like you know, if anyone's interested in collaborating with us, we'd love to like you know see if we can build out a proof of concept. But we, we've actually seen some examples where people have again again this is in the Web two world, not so much in the Web three context. But what people have done is they've they've built out like a natural language querying layer on top of any database, right? So let's say uh, you could be an e-commerce store. Let's say you're a Shopify store and you have all of your data. Um, Today you have all of your data and like Shopify has different ways to manage it for you. And then Shopify would generate reports or maybe like, you know, you're able to export that uh, connected to like some other analytics tool. And then somebody actually needs to write those queries, right? Uh, In some cases, they might actually give you like some 
queries automatically built out, give you some visualizations. But it's not as intuitive as like, you know, just having a question, going in, typing it out there, and just seeing that result for yourself. And so we've actually seen some, uh, I've seen some cool demos on Twitter where people can do things like you can go to like, in the same context, you can just go and say, hey, uh, give me like the daily sales for the last like eight Sundays. Right? So you just literally type out your query in the form of a natural language sentence. Oh, um, I, know, I know some people who would kill to have that tool. <laughs> that yeah. is insane, right? Yeah. And so now we, we've actually been imagining that if you could do this for on-chain data, uh, like imagine oh. you could just go and say like, you know, I want to track uh, who are the top 10, uh, top 10 TVL dApps, for example, right? In all of Cosmos. Yeah. Or what are the whale wallets? What are the last uh, 10 transactions from these 10 whale wallets over the last like week? There's like such cool stuff that you could uh, you could do with that. And that do would basically you, give anybody access to track this on-chain data. Do you guys know, since you're using the API for like a commercial product, I assume you're obviously paying for like the ChatGPT Pro version. Is the newest version of that internet connected? Like, would it be able to do internet searches to, to help with this kind of thing? Or are we not? I know that they've said they've added internet, but I, I've played with it. I don't have it. Maybe it's like the plugin that I'm still on the wait list for. Um, but yeah, what's your guys' experience? Is yours internet connected? Could it like look something up to answer this kind of question? Or I don't think so. I'll have to double check uh, with our developer, but I don't think so because even as a end consumer, I don't think they've rolled that out. So I even I haven't seen it on the chat GPT interface myself. But in this case, I don't think it's so much about connecting uh, the connecting it to the internet as much as figuring out a way to connect your database to yes. the chat GPT uh, or the GPT API. There's ways people have done it. Again, I don't know what the exact uh, technical requirement here is and how they set it up, but there are like proof of concepts, right? So I, I know it is possible as long as you have indexed data. I think that's, that's probably one issue that you'll have to solve for, which is that it, this can't be done live. So somebody will have to like, you know, figure out a way to index, let's say a daily uh, timestamp of whatever data you care about. You do a daily dump of that uh, from on-chain data, put it in like a store somewhere, and then you're able to sort of build this querying layer on top of. Okay, yep, that makes sense. I think I think that's kind of the route we want to go. Because uh, what we want to do is basically train a chat GPT model on the entirety of the interchain info database. So you would be able to ask this thing like very Cosmos-specific questions. Um, and it would hopefully actually be able to answer them. So that sounds like what you just described is kind of the route we would probably be going with it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I also, I've wondered if there's a future, and actually maybe this is a great question for you guys because the, the reason I don't know is more on the security and technical side. I wonder if there's a future for sophisticated AI voice prompts, for lack of uh, like <laughs> a better term, like just being able to, I mean, wow, wouldn't it be crazy if you could be like, you'd press a button in your app that you know brings up the Siri mode and you say, set up a Cronkats recipe that will claim my staking rewards every Thursday, send them to Osmosis, do X, Y, Z. Um, my immediate thought there is like security and like you're, you're giving some piece of software, this AI, some kind of either direct access to your wallet or like Auth Z permissions or something, but 
Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I feel like that's an end goal that we'll eventually head towards is AI voice commanded, automated everything. Um, but how far off does that maybe seem? <laughs> that is a, a pretty cool idea that you described. But I think the other other factor that we also have to consider here would be that it's actually becoming really easy for AI to mimic people's voices. I'm sure you've seen yeah. these yeah. these examples where people just uh, this AI just requires like three seconds, I think, of somebody's voice, and then it can actually almost perfectly uh, sound like them. Obviously, I'm I'm assuming that there can be like algos to detect that it is AI generated and not the original. But I don't know, like you know, I don't know how sophisticated your detection would have to be to pick that up. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that we will start seeing like basically what the, the example that I gave about being able to type in a natural query and do something is what you're saying is kind of an extension of that, that why do you even yeah. need to type it out? What if you could just like, you know, uh, say that aloud, right? And, and the AI is actually able to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I'm sure it can be done and it will be done. Um, but yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I just worry right now that that's something about that scream security risk to me. I can't figure it out because like in some way you're giving access to your funds to a, a, a piece I of think, uh, the end end thing could still be a uh, transaction signing approval page, right? Just like you have today. Uh-oh, yeah, today it would assemble. Yeah. So today in the wallets as well, you just, uh, uh, say that I want to, let's say, uh, order compound my rewards and you have to like accept two prompts, like giving right. a, sign, uh, a transaction for the validator to have uh, approval of your funds, uh, then auto compound it. And the first initial part could be what you uh, said. It, it could be solved uh, by voice or text where you type out just auto compound my funds and the and the uh, this signing process could still lie with the user. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think anyone's in disagreement. AI is definitely going to change everything. Um, I feel like one of the ways AI is going to be most interesting is with simplifying complicated things. And so I kind of feel like that's why it's exceptionally like relevant to crypto. Um, because I think one of our biggest problems is onboarding new users and making crypto feel accessible and approachable and um you know not terrifying like you're gonna get ftx to like you heard about on the news right um so i wonder if maybe you could talk on how you have designed your product or certain features that have been implemented or design choices that are targeted for like new users and onboarding both people who maybe come from other ecosystems, um, but also maybe who are just new to crypto in general, or at least new to their own wallet outside of Coinbase or something. Because um, wallets are the first thing that people interact with on their crypto journey. I don't totally count central exchanges because until it's in a private wallet, have you really started your crypto journey? So yeah, wallets are like front and center right there. And so uh, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts in general and kind of design decisions you've made for new people and making sure that your wallet feels accessible and yeah yeah i think uh, uh, again uh, when we started building the idea the cof the first set of users that we wanted to target were uh, already existing cosmos users also uh, because the kind of market we are in uh, right now that was the first priority that we had 
but obviously uh, like uh, over the over the last few months uh, once once we have already have a robust uh, uh, extension and mobile app that uh, users users uh, existing users can easily uh, use and transition through what we've also realized that cosmos is obviously not a very uh, easy ecosystem to understand and use if you are quite new to it right so uh, that is where we definitely are moving towards the path of uh, solving it for very new users. So again, there are two different sets of new users, right? One who has, uh, who have a, Cosmos is like the first ecosystem and the others who, as you mentioned, migra- are migrating from, let's say, EVMs or uh, Solana or uh, from other ecosystems. So one thing that we are actively working on is uh, building something uh, le- similar to a web dashboard. So we call it Leapboard. And uh, the go- vision goal for that is to be the hub for the entire Cosmos ecosystem. So what we want to build it towards is uh, a place where a user can uh, come in, uh, be it from another ecosystem. So first of all, solving for users to migrate from EVM to Cosmos, that is goal one. Uh, and getting an uh, idea on what all things can be done in Cosmos. And let's say, uh, I, I would uh, much rather give an example. So if I'm a user on Ethereum, so what we're currently working on is, uh, let's say, integrating uh, cross-chain bridges and swaps. There's so many interesting stuff happening there around, let's say, Super Squid, Axelar. So users can easily transfer uh, their funds from EVM to uh, within Cosmos inside the leap board itself. That's like the first basic step. And post that, what we're also solving for is making all the yeah, UX around the core features that Cosmos uh, provides 100x easier, right? So we're taking every one single feature right at a time. So let, let's say governance, taking, send IBC and making it 100x easier for the users. So we have started experimenting it. Uh, we've started experimenting around it on Leapboard and we'll slowly be moving that to uh, mobile and extension. And we've got gotten a lot of good support around specifically these projects. So we recently launched a dashboard that makes send IBC transfers really, really easy. So you can just enter, you can just see list of all your assets across chains in one single view. You can just select one of the chains. You can see all the tokens uh, for that particular chain and uh, you can just enter a destination address where we've also integrated name services and everything. Uh, you can just enter a destination address and you can send and you see the status of your transaction. You don't have to worry about channel IDs. You don't have to worry about it being an IBC transfer. You don't have to worry about uh, uh, any other UX consideration. It will be similar to a send you do on any other ecosystem. So that is uh, that was the very first POC that we did with a send IBC tra- dashboard that uh, makes it really easy for uh, users and not to have to worry about what uh, IBC transfer is, what a channel ID is, for example, where do I find a channel ID, right? And uh, the second proof of concept was basically the governance thing, right? So today, again, we have a governance dashboard. You can just directly go to the dashboard, see a list of all active proposals. You can go to chains and see all the proposals from the past. Uh, we, we are actively working on improving the governance uh, page. We have included the chat GPT thing, as you mentioned before. We are including some more interesting stuff to make it much easier for users to understand what the proposal is, uh, what validators have voted for uh, in the particular proposal. So then that is also in works. And also something that we're currently working on is a similar staking dashboard. So uh, ideally, we've realized that uh, staking is something that you have to go to a bunch of places to do stuff. So maybe you stake on Kepler or uh, Leap Wallet, then you go to restake. Uh, uh, to auto compound your rewards, maybe you go to Stride or Quicksilver to liquid stake your assets. And we realize that again, this is something that is not ideal for a new user coming into the ecosystem to figure out to what all 
the user has to do uh, and this is where we're building a single point staking dashboard where you can like uh, do uh, the entire uh, 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 plain staking and liquid staking experience from within the dashboard see all your assets across plain staking liquid staking do auto compounding uh, rework uh, auto compounding uh, uh, and do pretty much all the things that are related to staking right now on Cosmos within that one single dashboard. So probably these are the steps that we're taking towards making it really easy for users uh, who are also new to the ecosystem to uh, have have a very basic start starting point. But we are, I I do agree we are yet to solve for like fairly new users to Web three, and that is where our next set of uh, goals would be around next couple of quarters. To make this leap board also like a very basic starting point where we tell users what Cosmos is or show users, let's say, a list of chains or list of tokens that Cosmos has and pretty much have a coin gecko version of it as well, uh, where you can set price alerts and everything, where you understand what staking is, what APS you'll get across all the chains uh, in one single frame so that you can actually select uh, which chain you want to stake on, which asset do you want to stake, or maybe uh provide a way for them to like also stake across the five different chains at a at a single time right so a lot of interesting things that can be done uh in this field but uh yeah the overall theme is that we were concentrated on the users who already existed on cosmos we are now targeting also including users who are specifically moving in from evns and then over the next uh, few quarters we'll be targeting users who are like entirely new to the ecosystem and how do we make it even way easier for them to uh to start their journey on cosmos and see what all are available because definitely a much more complex ecosystem than uh, pretty much all of this i'm super curious we've talked a lot tonight about like mobile versus desktop i don't know if you guys have uh these sort of statistics but do you guys know where your wallet gets the most usage if it's on desktop or mobile like just overall yeah sure uh so again uh this has been uh uh so when we started building uh, for uh, Cosmos, the extension was the only product that we actually had. So the first few months, uh, pretty much uh, every user uh, had to use the extension. There was no other options. The mobile apps have been are currently still in beta and they have been live for the last uh, uh, couple of months and we've been getting good traction. We have not actively also like started pushing out users. We still recommend uh, initially recommended users to come on uh, extension because also of the uh, uh, like superior feature set that the extension had. Now we are like very close to having a, a very uh, like uh, having pretty much feature parity between the mobile apps and extension. This is where uh, we'd uh, love for users. Uh, we love for pushing users to also start coming on mobile. But uh, as of now, as it stands, obviously the mobile numbers are increasing, but still uh, the majority of Lions share uh, is on the extension uh, and uh, and. It, the ratio is obviously slowly improving. Uh, we are having more and more users on uh, mobile right now, and we are also focusing more on that. But as it stands, it's uh, I, I would still say seventy percent of the user base is on the extension. Okay, interesting. Yeah, like I keep hearing like how everything is mobile. You have to design mobile first these days. Like Crypto.com, for example, very much frustrates me. They only have the mobile app if you're a U.S. citizen. For some reason, they have a website version for other places. But, um, and I do get it. Mobile is huge these days. If you don't have a good mobile version of your product, you're going to flop. But, um, yeah, it seems like it's overstated sometimes. So it is interesting to hear that 
from your guys' numbers, it's still primarily desktop. Um, not yeah. that it isn't a, a large chunk of it, but right. I mean, uh, I mean, it also boils down to the point that uh, <clears throat> it can't just be the mobile wallet, right? Uh, you can't just launch a mobile wallet in an in an ecosystem where uh, everything happens on desktop and expect uh, users to transition uh, to that uh, right away. Because yeah. uh, like uh, even even for Cosmos, I would say that majority of the products that we want at least talk to the devs that we've talked to do not build mobile experience, keeping mobile experiences in their mind, right? So it's majorly uh, towards desktop right now. Obviously, the newer ones that are coming up, uh, they are chatting with us and figuring out how uh, users can easily, let's say, connect wallet via like Safari or Chrome on your mobile browser. But ideally, there like a lot of apps still do not have a good mobile experience. And nope. this is something that won't change uh, in a couple of weeks or a few weeks from now. So the overall transition also needs to happen for the entire mobile thesis to also uh, flourish. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's, that is kind of the funny thing uh, or the funny position that a wallet is in. You could do the coolest stuff in the world, but if the various dApps people are using your wallet to access don't or aren't as pretty or efficient at those things in this case mobile usage it kind of it's a limitation factor for sure cool so i think we've already gone an hour here um we can definitely wrap it up here soon i think as like a closing question i maybe want to look to the future a little bit so we've already touched on some stuff um as far as upcoming features but what are you guys kind of most excited for in the near-term future and not just um Oh, sorry, I just saw your message on Telegram. Um, not necessarily just like a, a new feature to Teves, alpha-wise, that could be the answer. Um, but it could also just be bigger picture roadmap items or or partnerships that are maybe on the horizon or, or really anything. What, uh, what are you guys looking forward to the most in the next couple of months? Sure. Uh, so I, I can start off with uh, the most critical things. Uh, the, at least the exciting things that are coming up right away. So I think one is Bluetooth Ledger that a lot of users have been asking about uh, from quite a while. Uh, we've also put it in back, back seat for a few other features uh, like push notifications and in-app browser. But finally, mobile Bluetooth uh, is uh, going to go live uh, in the next few days. So users can now start using Ledger on their mobile devices as well. Uh, one of the uh, most, more important things uh, given that our mobile narrative is uh, that strong. So that that's definitely uh, that 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 is one. Uh, the second interesting thing, as I mentioned, was the staking dashboard. Again, uh, going live very soon, uh, most likely this week uh, on the on the web dashboard, where you can like uh, a single dashboard for like plane staking, liquid staking, auto compounding, and everything else. So these are like the two most interesting features that are coming up. Uh, I would say uh, in a bit longer uh, time roadmap i think uh, our key focus is also like uh, to start working on improving uh, uh, onboarding obviously making sure that uh, uh, the security aspect is still robust so social logins is something that has interested us because again as a part of uh, making it easier for a new set of users i would not i would say not everyone would be as comfortable uh, using a seed phrase or uh, private keys so social logins has to be a part of uh, the onboarding process and we are talking to web3 auth and other providers and figuring out the security aspect that lies there and trying to get a uh, uh, hold of it first before starting to implement it uh, blind uh, uh, without having any uh, backing around uh, how how the overall security uh, how it would affect the overall security so 
social logins is a key concept that we are work, we're currently working on and this is something that we'd be excited to ship uh, in the coming months uh, also also what we're uh, working on is uh, again an aggregated view right i think uh, dashboards have started using it but still lack of that uh, lack of it in the extension and the mobile uh, apps where uh, you still have to go to each of the chains figure out uh, uh, which asset lies where and uh, see w- what can be done more, definitely obviously much more complex than it sounds but an aggregated chain level view a wallet level view is something that we are uh, very interested in uh, building so yeah so i, sh- I would say these are uh, definitely a few short term and a few long term uh, features that are coming up but the overall vision still li- lies the same uh, talk to as many chains as possible see like uh, what their users want and uh, how we can make it e- way easier for their users to uh, uh, go through their ecosystem from within Leap, right? Cool. Okay, lots of exciting stuff. Um, Sanjeev, I definitely love your answer as well. If it, and maybe it's the exact same stuff, but yeah, I think Barun did a great job at, at uh, covering some of the stuff that's coming down in the next, like you know, a uh, couple of weeks, couple of months for us. But I guess what I could also maybe talk about is zooming out a little bit more, right? Like what what's going to happen uh, by the end of this year, maybe a little bit after that as well. Is that one obviously? As I'm sure a lot of people listening in uh, are well aware of, it is indeed like Cosmos season, right? Uh, there is so much, uh, so many exciting protocols launching. There's like Noble that just launched, Quasar that just launched, Neutron's coming. Uh, there's going to be such cool applications that are going to get built around like interchain, um, interchain queries, ICA. So one is I think that Cosmos itself is going to see like, you know, an explosion. Uh, DYDX is going to come soon. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm sure we could go on for like, you know, a bunch of time just talking about all the cool stuff happening there. And I think that will have a very direct sort of impact uh, for us on the wallet itself in terms of how do we try to, again, simplify the UX for some of these interactions? How do we try to natively sort of support some of these new use cases that emerge from all this growth? Uh, so lots i think can be expected in leaps roadmap which sort of directly comes from the growth in cosmos the other sort of thing that as we sort of also look at a slightly more longer term horizon is that we started to think about what are some constraints on wallets today um, and how do we sort of like you know get past them so one of like the most commonly heard complaints with wallets is the idea of seed phrases and how like you know there is that is still like a central point of failure for wallets and so um in EVMs recently, there's this, there's like the idea of account abstraction that's picking up. There's a lot of cool experiments that are happening there. And that's certainly something that we think a lot about as well. That how can we, like, you know, how can we improve onboarding? Can we like do away with like seed phrases entirely? How do we trade off like social logins uh, and that approach, MPC based approaches with like account abstraction, smart contract wallets? So lots of like exciting new things that you can do there. And yeah, hopefully this year we'll be able to like, you know, uh, at least do a few like proof of concepts, if not uh, roll out entire products. I know we got to get rolling in a second here. So this will be truly my last question, but um, a couple other people have brought up just in other spaces, the the idea of social logins and like web two logins. And so I always like to try and get this question in here um, with the way that you guys are looking at implementing it and building it. How exactly would that work? Like if I used google to log in let's say if somebody hacked my google would they effectively have my wallet what if i somehow lost that email would i have also lost my wallet or like um each each person i've talked to seems to have like a different idea for exactly how it should be implemented but um yeah I, i'm i'm like skeptical but i also see the need for it and hope that it you know 
eventually is figured out in the perfect manner. Yeah, no, I think that's a very important point that you bring up. And the, the sort of lens that we think about when it comes to like onboarding is that you're always going to have different sets of users. Like on one end, you might have a very casual uh, user of the blockchain, which is somebody who's just, let's say, playing a Web3 game. And on the other, other end, you might actually have like a, a, a company that's managing their treasury on-chain. And obviously, these two, are not, these two sets of users are not going to have the same level of security in mind, the same level of convenience in mind. And so essentially, as wallets, what we do think we need to do is, one, at some level, also be clear on who it is that we are solving for. But at the same, same time, try to have as broad a spectrum as possible so that like, you know, you're able to solve for users um, differently on that security versus convenience trade-off. Right? And so, so something like social logins, it's great from the perspective of convenience. Right? You just like, as you said, like one click, uh, you're able to sign in with Google. But then what you're trading off there, exactly like what you said, is what happens uh, if at the end of the day, even in this scenario, um, there could be, I mean, depending on the solution you go with, it is possible that your private key is being stored in some centralized server somewhere. Again, there are uh, Web3 auth, for example, does it differently, but some people do it in this way where your key is stored centrally. So different solutions there, but, but it introduces some new risks, which may not be there in the seed phase approach. Uh, but again, it's all, it's all up to like, you know, end users and what their sort of comfort level is. Um, even within this, I'd say there are certain, certain things that you can do where if you, if you kind of go towards the more MPC-like version, what you can actually do is not have your private key stored in one place, but shard it. And then you break it up into like, let's say three or five parts and then require a minimum X of five parts to be able to sign transactions. And so that way, even if let's say, one of your accounts, which would hold one of the shards, got hacked, you still are sort of secure because like, you know, you have access to the other box. So again, there's, there's different ways to do it. And all of them sort of come with this trade-off of, okay, what does it mean for the UX and convenience versus what it means for security? And honestly, that's why we also think about it more as like, you know, not just, we, we won't one day just like revamp the onboarding of Leap entirely. We'd put these out more as small experiments, as small proof of concepts. Um, test it out with like alpha users, see like what their feedback's like, what people are loving, not loving, and then sort of slowly iterate on that. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. Cool. I, I'm, I'm, it's a very funny topic for me because it's something I probably will never use. I can also see the argument of it being kind of anti-crypto and maybe even dangerous in some respects, but I also think that the pros far outweigh those cons. So uh, I'm kind of excited for it to gain some traction and uh, like history of reliability and like, uh, you know, it working well for the user. Awesome. Okay. So you guys have a lot of really cool shit coming up. Um, a lot of cool stuff as is uh, any closing thoughts you guys want to touch on that I maybe didn't get to tonight? Any pain points? Oh, I think maybe one last little thing is how can people who want to get engaged more than just being a user? Like, obviously, we can go download Leap Wallet, but let's say we want to kind of get involved with the community. Um, what are some ways people can reach out or or get involved? What, is your Discord super active or... Yeah, no, honestly, that was going to be my closing comment. So I'm glad you asked that. So yeah. just like Barun mentioned earlier, like, you know, our approach is always talk to users, build in public. We sort of, we actually even have like a public roadmap. So every week or two, we'll just sort of share this link. Uh, it's hosted on this website called Canny. Um, 
and then like you know people can actually see what's coming up they can if there's a new idea that they have which is not on the roadmap they can actually vote for it if there's something in there that they like and think should be prioritized they can also like upvote it so that's something that we have so please feel free to like you know take a look at that and give us feedback but also like in terms of uh, where you can reach out to us pretty much like all channels are are uh, channels we monitor so we have a telegram community we have a discord we also have people reaching out to us on twitter dms which i'll be honest are a little harder to get to than some of the other uh, communities because it's just it's just like not a very good product uh, but yeah honestly anything is fine you could also dm barun or me um, might be faster for us to respond but yeah if you have any ideas if you have any feedback on our product we're sort of always looking for more inputs on that so yeah do feel free to reach out and uh, we can take it from there awesome cool um yeah as as i mentioned the other day when we were talking let's also continue to like think of ways that uh we could possibly benefit you guys on the interchain info side of things like once we're fully built out and launched um i think i really just think there's such a potential with wallets because it's the most common denominator everyone in crypto has a wallet that they're using if they're actually in crypto which means something like education or especially like safe reliable education uh on crypto topics i feel like that needs to be put in the wallet right in front of people i don't know what the elegant like correct way to do it is yet but um i feel like later down the road there might be a cool match made in heaven there for us to explore all right so okay hopefully it was all right that we went 20 minutes over um actually i have even even more stuff that i'd love to ask you about but we can save it for a follow-up um cool i guess um that was your closing thoughts Sanji. but 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 anything you wanted to touch on before we leave or we good to maybe call it a night yeah i think pretty much uh you guys covered uh covered everything uh so yeah feel free to build as Sanji mentioned as uh, open as it is possible to talk to uh users talk to our devs building in cosmos and figure out uh, how we can better the experience of cosmos even further i think that is the one so single goal that everyone has so yeah feel free to reach out to us would love to chat and figure out uh, how we can work together how we can ship together how we can build more interesting stuff for the entire user base cool the, the one other thing i forgot to shout out tonight that i want to give you guys props for is i actually think it's very cool that you're spreading your wings a bit like i know there's leap near as well um i haven't used it because i don't use near but i think there's a potential hidden benefit there for exchanging users between ecosystems like if someone on near is using leap wallet and they get convinced to check out cosmos they can have a very familiar experience um and just feel like in a lot of the ways the wallet defines your web3 experience like part of what wowed me when i first came to cosmos was i was like oh my god there are alternatives to metamask out there i hate metamask like at first i used both cosmos station and kepler um but yeah um cool okay don't need to get into another ramble another train of thought this has been great though guys thank you so much for joining us pretty quiet night tonight i i i'll apologize for that um but we got terra spaces in here with the recording and we usually have quite a few people that tune in in the days following would love to do another one of these with you guys you know uh couple months down the road uh maybe around the time you have a big update or something cool you want to help promote we could set something up but uh i've more and more as i get more veteran and 
aged in crypto, things like DEXs and like NFT marketplaces start to excite me less and less. And more infrastructure focused projects like Check or like any wallets start to kind of become more interesting to me because I think they're the glue that holds everything together. So shout out to you guys for what you've built. I think Leap Wallet is awesome and a huge benefit for people in the Cosmos to have available. Uh, and I can't wait to see what you do with it in the future. Yeah, thanks so much, Timmy, for having us. This was amazing. And I, uh, like you said at the beginning, it was long, long time coming. I'm super glad we did this. And you're right that there is probably a whole bunch of things that we didn't talk about. So let's definitely schedule one for the next couple of months. Uh, I'm sure we, we're going to have a bunch of new updates to share by that point. And yeah, we can, we can do another one of these and get to the other topics. Cool, cool, cool. And hopefully we'll see... Uh see a mobile-centric version of Spark on the Leap DApp browser soon. Um, already can access us, obviously, but uh, we'll, we'll hopefully make something a little special. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Everybody who listened, um, huge thank you, TerraSpaces, as always, for recording. Uh, remember to check out TerraSpaces. Throw him a couple bucks if you like his work, if you're one of the people listening to this after the fact. Um, you can donate to him through Spark IBC, either on our website or on his. Check out Leap Wallet. Um, do you guys like people to kind of drive traction to the Leap Wallet account or the Leap Cosmos one? Obviously, give both a follow. Um, but which one do you guys like kind of use more actively, or is it even? Yeah, that's actually a, a big source of confusion because so we because yeah. we also do some work on Near. That's why we actually have like a Leap main account and then we have a Cosmos and Near account. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we prefer for all Cosmos updates uh, our Cosmos account, which is just Leap. Uh, underscore cosmos cool cool so yeah definitely give both accounts a follow um but uh, leap cosmos for updates and yeah give them a try if you haven't already uh the only thing i think we didn't touch on tonight literally which i will just call out for the last people who still might be listening to a recording or anything um Leap Wallet is now fully open source with their key management, with the key management portion of their wallet. So there were some concerns at first about, you know, putting your seed phrase into anything closed source. That's awesome. Always better safe than sorry. But uh, from what I understand, you guys have, have pushed those updates live and all that stuff is public, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we open sourced our key management uh, library a couple, couple few weeks back. Cool. Cool. Just wanted to throw that in there because some people may have heard of you in, in that sort of discussion. So I wanted to make that clear. Probably should have covered that earlier, but uh, it was more interesting and fun stuff to cover than that. So awesome. Uh, everybody catch us next week. We'll probably be back to our normal time. I think we're going to be on with Stargaze, not confirmed yet, but uh, whenever or whoever, it should be 8 p.m. EST uh, next Wednesday. Everybody have a great night, morning, day, wherever you are, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Cosmonaut Bootcamp 54, featuring Leap Wallet, Leaping Through the Cosmos. Recorded on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land 
man fights back with the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter no one ever planned for the famine on deck we was walking all erect with the dead man swagger sitting in a little den vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next No one gave a shit Till the drugs all dried up Everybody died From a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter We was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal He just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime Till the night curfew Rats in a cage Till they make time to murk you Got a little job That falls under my purview We gotta get this mob Away from the Birds view. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. In the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror spaces